Wizard of Whiskey presents Swig and Ramble, a podcast for the modern age. Come for the whiskey, stay for the shit show. Featuring Justin Curry at Wizard of Whiskey, Mark Pruitt at Resonant Prose, and Julia Men at The Wee Tipple. And now, pour yourself a drink and enjoy the show. I know you will. That's fucking new. What the fuck? <laughs> yes, there is a recording in process, like right now. Whoa! Zoom is uh, upgrading their shit. Wait on you, Mark. Mark, we're waiting on your intro. Waiting on my intro. Yep. <clears throat> I don't have fun? a... Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Swig and Ramble. Julia's already laughing and we're, we're not even like 10 seconds into the show. It's going to be a good show. Welcome to episode number nine, sustainability and shit. This is going to be a very interesting episode. We're going to do a real deep dive into this and it's going to be a very interesting topic. In fact, it may take us two episodes to get through this. So with all of that being said, it's time for me to do that segue thing and throw it over to the news. Julia, what do you got for us in the news? Oh, I'm just going to have to come back with a fuck you, Mark. Every single episode. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. It's not you. It's off. Let's not make it personal. It's off. Not you. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Anyway, moving on to the actual news, some very exciting information for all you scotch lovers out there. Brora is a Highland distillery that's reopening after being closed for 38 years. Now, this reopening follows a three-year extensive restoration of the distillery by Diageo, and they're celebrating this reopening with Brora Triptych. A set of three 500 milliliter single malt aged from 38 to 48 years old. And oh my God, guys, this, this set, this three bottle set is expected to retail for roughly, can you guess? How much do you guys think it's going to run for? 200 bucks. 200 bucks. $78. 41,000 US dollars. So each limited edition set will also include a personal invitation from Brewer's master distiller, Stuart Bowman, sorry, Stuart Bowman, uh, Brewer's master distiller, to visit and experience Brewer in person. So, you know, if you have a cool 41,000 US dollars and you're interested in three 500 milliliter samples and, you know, a personal visit to the distillery, check out Brewer. Justin, over to you. Wow, um, that sounds awful. I have no news today because, well, it's been a snow, <laughs> snow news month. It's been a slow news week. Yeah, um, like where are you that you're getting snow? I thought you were out in California. No, I'm in California. We don't get snow. There are parts of California that do get snow, but not not where I'm at. Um, so I'm going to jump into what's, what's in your glass. Uh, Mark, take us away. What is in your obvious... I speak up. Today? <laughs> yep. Is that what I think oh, it is? I don't know. Is that what you think it is? 
Siri's um, trying to help me with what Siri's, my... Siri's talking. His watch is talking to him, people. Yeah, sorry about that. The, the droids have one. Wait a minute. The, we're not on your calendar? You son of a bitch. What the hell? Julia, I, I've, I've taken you off of pretty much everything I do, so... Well, I don't blame you for that. I just want you to understand that. Today, I am drinking three-quart bourbon strange collaboration. Uh, this is fantastic. Don't take my word for it. Go find it yourself. Cool. That's a fantastic tasting note. Frankly, Mark is working on a book of tasting notes. Um, do you guys recall many years ago, there was a book that was written. It said, everything men know about women. <clears throat> open it up. And after the introduction, it was blank. It was 500 pages of just note taking. That is going to be Mark's book on whiskey notes. And it's going to be great. Three Chord Bourbon, Strange yeah. Collaboration. This is Kentucky straight bourbon that is finished in Pinot Noir barrels. Ooh. You immediately get Pinot on the nose with this. If you're, if you're following along at home and if you're following the television show, no television show. Um, but this has a very dark caramel color. And it's, it's barely translucent. You can't see through this stuff. Like I said, it, it's, it's just fabulous Pinot on the nose. I'm looking on the bottle here. I don't have my glasses on. It's 99 proof. Does not drink like a 99 proof bourbon. This is absolutely fabulous stuff. It's got some gray legs on this. Um, ah, it, it's it's just really good stuff. Three Chord Bourbon, we love you. We'd love to have you sponsor the podcast. Call me. Well, there we have it. Well, he cleans himself up from that. Uh, Dwayne, what's in your glass? Oh, I have something just deliciously delightful and seriously well-priced. I am enjoying a wee tipple of Slain Irish Whiskey, which is a blended whiskey from Ireland that's been triple casked. Uh, it's 40% ABV. <clears throat> it is just lush on the nose, really full of banana bread and marshmallow and nice baking spices. I'm getting cinnamon and nutmeg and clove and like there's a little bit of raisin in there. Mm. That oh, oh, that body, medium plus body is just such a delight in your mouth. Sweet on the front with notes of vanilla, definitely getting that ripe banana coming through and those baking spices. There's a little bit of a spicy heat going on, followed by that gentle oaky quality. And then I'm getting, yeah, I'm getting uh, like the, the rich, heavier fruits coming in on the back end, some that raisin note, a bit of baked plum, some molasses, a really nice long finish, beautifully complex. This is one of my favorites. It's an easy sipper. Depending on where you get it, you can get it for as low as 25 or as high as a whole $30. So I am huge fan of Slain Irish Whiskey. And for the price, it really can't be beat. Hey, everybody, this show is rooted in authenticity. We, we give you unfiltered opinions. Uh, and I want you to know that we work very hard to give that to you. Julia's not actually drinking slain Irish whiskey. She's drinking Pepto-Bismol. I just want you to know, I see the visual on the screen. It is very clearly the pink stuff in the glass. I'm honestly impressed with the fact that she was able to deliver all of those tasting notes while drinking Pepto-Bismol. Just want you guys to know that. Mark, very promising. Very theater of the mind. Did all of our listeners need to know about my potential internal upset? 
and that you know maybe I need to take some medication. I didn't. Mark. I didn't say why you were drinking it. I just said you were <laughs> drinking it. Maybe you like the taste of it. I don't know. You, no, God, I haven't taken Pepto Bismol since I was a kid, and that it made me want to vomit. So I don't know what the point of Pepto Bismol is, but it made me want to vomit. Anyway, Justin, Justin, teed it up Please. for you, buddy. Knock Please. it out of the park. Uh, I'm drinking wine. All right, guys. Um, let's talk about some sours you're mashed. Um, <laughs> You're not going to talk about your wine? Do you want to talk I, about I am it? drinking no. a Northern Rhone Classic from Crow's Hermitage. Ooh, um, nice. I, one of my favorite appellations. It is, I mean, you guys can see this class. You can just kind of swirl it a little bit so they can see. The listeners can't see, but you can probably hear me swirling it. Um, just a, a gorgeous ruby, you know, dark ruby color. I mean, just an amazing nose. Plum, cherry, you know, fresh cherry tart, tiny bit of tobacco, a little hints of, this is gonna sound weird, but like baked citrus, um, not in like a, a bright acid way, but more of like a, you burn the, the lemon type of way, which is, which actually I, I enjoy. Um, like if you took leaves and a lemon and just burn them together. So Why is it not I'm, shocking that you like burning things? Right, yeah, no, for sure. I'm a pyro, that's 100%. I'm a firework that wasn't guy. where I was going, maybe. Uh... <laughs> no, no, I understand you were going with the terrorist angle, but oh, I feel God. like given the I was not of, going that given, direction. Given the current state of things happening right now, how dare we, you, sir? Yeah, yeah, that's where you were going. Anyway, so um, good finish, clean, nice little cross hermitage. Can't mm. wait. What in the fuck that was y'all mashed this week? Oh, oh, I got a good oh. one, but I'll go last. Okay, well, because I, I want to jump the fuck in here. So I've been interested in having real estate for god how old am i now probably like about a decade i've wanted to get into real estate for years and years and years for multiple reasons just seems like a smart life investment going forward instead of paying rent someone pays me rent whatever so i finally started looking into the housing market in the area i'm at and looking at multifamily units and duplexes right so i could live in one half and rent out the other half to cover the mortgage right so when you're looking at duplexes, you would assume you would be buying the entire complex, the entire house, which nope. just happens to have two sides. Yes, Justin, are you butting in here? No, I'm saying oh. no. No, okay. Well, Stop apparently cutting her I'm... off, Justin. Jesus Christ. Well, apparently I'm the fucking idiot here because I thought if you're buying a duplex, doesn't that mean two units. So you'd be buying two units, but no, all of these places that I've reached out to, because the price just seemed way too good. And then the descriptions didn't really match up. They are selling one side of the duplex, but they're calling it a duplex. I'm like, what the fuck? Welcome to the realty world. Did I just not know about this? And it, it just seems fucked up to me. That soured my mash, rant over. Anyone in the real estate world uh, or who has experience with this, yeah, reach out to us, join our Facebook group, chat up Julia and just let her know what other nonsense I can expect in this wild ride of life. Mark, Mark on to you. What sound would you match, buddy? Given how upset your stomach is, I think you better have another hit of that Pepto crap. Ew. <laughs> See, now you're, Justin's interrupting me me as well. Like, what the fuck? Do you want to go first, Justin? I mean, I, I don't. I'm going last, as it says in the script. Yeah. But 
Um, There's a script. Here's the thing. Well, you, wait. See, stop. See, the fun thing about well, it is an audio can, podcast. No one heard me interrupt you. So this if is. If I could, I'm, if I could talk, I could now? take take my turn. You done? Are you going to talk? No. Oh, okay. All day, son. See, dead air kills the podcast. This is like a radio show. Come on, guys, stop with the fucking dead air. I think I've talked about this before. I'll I'll keep it simple. Fuck spam calls. I sit here all day. I work from home. The phone rings probably three times an hour with spoofed phone numbers and phone calls. I hope everybody associated with the spam phone call terror regime gets fucking ass cancer and dies a horrible death. Have a nice day. Um, I think all of our listeners would second and third that. Yeah. Um, what really sours my match this week is I'm so fucking tired going to these distilleries. Don't get me wrong. I enjoy it. And by the way, in a distillery, if you it, if you do this, we're, we're happy for you. But you go to a distillery and they're like, yeah, we take all of our spent grain and we, we truck it on down to the local farm and we feed it to the pigs. And once a year, they give us one of the pigs. To, you know, we smoke it. We put it on a smoker. We have a big party. It's like, cool. Let me ask you this. What the fuck else are you going to do with that spent grain? Are you turning it into fuel? Are you just throwing it away? What are, you, what are you doing with 600 pounds of juniper? Seriously. I just, sustainability really irritates me. But I think, guys, what do you think about chatting about it? We good to talk about sustainability? Let's talk about it. I was until you seemed angry about it. And maybe we're just going to be fighting each other this whole episode. Oh, yeah. Why don't you take us there? Well, okay. Sure. <laughs> guys. If this angry terrorist comes after me, you know his name and he lives in California and you can find him at Bevfluence. So Justin, come save me. Why are you putting on a vest? <laughs> What's that button in your hand? Okay, anyway, sorry, played that one out. Uh, this week, uh, we are taking a look at sustainability efforts undertaken by the industry. Now, these are many, many different efforts undertaken in a lot of different ways. So I'm just gonna jump right in. We'll talk about a couple of different ones. Yes, we are gonna talk about using the excess draft to feed farm animals. And then Justin can weigh in even more strongly. And then maybe I can get on my vegan soapbox for a hot second. But before we get there, I wanna talk about barrels because I'm a super nerd when it comes to barrels and how cool they are, not just the influence that they give to the whiskey or whatever spirit is being aged in them, but I really love how much the industry reduces, reuses, and recycles barrels. I mean, they are waste not, want not. So for instance, take bourbon, the bourbon industry. Bourbon can only be aged in new oak barrels. So they can only be used once, kids, and then those barrels get sent to other distilleries like in Scotland and Ireland for aging scotch and Irish whiskeys. And they can be used, you know, three, four, five times. The more a barrel is used, the less influence it gives, but it still lets the spirit inside interact with the oxygen and, you know, seep in and out of the woods. So get all those outside aromas and flavors going on in there. So that's very cool. But did you know that you can reinvigorate a barrel after those four or five uses, if you wanted to, to get another, you know, couple, uh, you know, two, three, four more uses out of it. You just scrape out the insides, kind of break it down into uh, 
scrape out to where the new wood is, rechar it or retoast it, then it's good to go again for another couple of uses. And also keep in mind, you're not just keeping the spirit in these barrels for two to four years. You could be keeping it in there for decades. So we're talking about a single barrel could potentially be used for close to a hundred years. That's super awesome, especially considering how long it takes trees to grow and mature enough to then be made into barrels. So reinvigoration is super awesome. And then talk about recycling. When a distillery doesn't want to use a particular barrel any longer, maybe it just can't be reinvigorated. Anyway, it's seen its life. They will, you know, send it to, uh, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? Like an eco home place. There's somewhere over in Scotland, they send it to an eco commune. I think that's what I'm looking for, where they use it to build houses and all sorts of things for living. You see these sorts of barrels at flower shops being turned into furniture, being used as bars or tasting tables. Super cool. I'm a big fan of barrels. Anyone else want to chime in on barrels? <laughs> Mark, go ahead. I know you, I mean, your, your whiskey uh, was aged in a Pinot barrel. I'm assuming that was a, mm -hmm. you know, a second fill, like, hey, let's, let's do a finish on this. But that is a perfect example of how these barrels are constantly used over and over and over and over again. So. It, it's actually a, a really cool thing about the bourbon industry that the bourbon industry has gotten into this mode to where they don't use the barrels again, but they give them a second life by moving them on. And that is absolutely a fantastic thing. You know, a couple of things about that. There, there's a lot of other distilleries that are doing this where they're finishing in wine barrels. You know, th th there's just this movement that's going on to really just reuse and kind of sustain what's happening. And, and this goes hand in hand with a theory that's floating around out there that, you know, you don't get bad whiskey, you get bad barrels. And, you know, that's, that's a real interesting concept that, you know, these Coopers carry such tremendous weight in making the product, you know, as far as I understand, these are still made pretty much by hand. You know, the Cooperages are still operating as, you know, basically a trade where you have a journeyman who's handing down this knowledge from generation to generation. So it's actually very interesting to think about the ecosystem by and large of what's happening with a barrel that you could be aging bourbon in it for 10 or 12 years, and then it could end up somewhere else. And you could have a single malt in it for a few years. And then somewhere on down the line, you know, you're planting succulents in it or something like that. It, it's, it's just an amazing process. And, it, and to see the industry come together, obviously these people are somewhat in competition with one another, but they're also working together very much so uh, through this process. Absolutely. And I mean, let's just be realistic. Rum, tequila, both use ex-bourbon barrels. Um, you will see wine using whiskey barrels now they'll they'll flush them out they'll put in some wine they'll give that wine a little bit of time to kind of slosh around and then they'll drain it and then they'll put new wine in there so you're seeing bourbon barrel aids zens and cabs and some of these other dark reds that can sustain that that level of 
of dark fruit and, and vanilla that comes out of that barrel. Um, <clears throat> but, but yeah, it's the, if you look at it process wise and you look at, you know, product wise from a production standpoint, um, yes, barrels are some of the most sustainable things we can do. Granted, yes, we're cutting down trees to make them and we're doing that now at an alarming rate. But if we keep planting trees and keep recycling and reusing and reinvigorating these barrels, we're going to be okay. Yeah. And a number of companies definitely make an effort at reforestation, such as Angel's Envy every September, which is National Bourbon Heritage Munch. Munch? Munch? What? (laughs) National Bourbon? I can't speak. Anyway, September, Heritage Month. For bourbon, uh, Angel's Envy plants trees. I think they plant up to 50,000 trees and they get their consumers involved. So it's actually really fun. They have three different ways that you can help plant trees uh, and get kind of your yourself added to, you know, saving the planet. Let's plant more trees. And uh, Slane also, hey, Slane Irish Whiskey, if you want to sponsor Swig and Ramble, we're going to give you another shout out just because I'm a huge fan of yours. Slane has over 350 acres of forest that they've been restoring and underplanting. So they are, uh, you know, a manor, Slane Castle, it's kind of a castle. And so there's a lot of property and they have a lot of ancient forests and yeah, it's Irish oak. So it's not necessarily something that they use right now, but they are looking to use it in the future for aging or at least finishing their whiskey. And they've been doing a lot to underplant and reforest those ancient forests. So that's super cool. I know those two aren't the only ones. There are plenty of companies that are doing it. So just shout out. Good on y'all. Thanks. Save the trees. The Slane Castle thing is very interesting because this connects up nicely to that idea that there's this generational craftsmanship that's happening. You're putting together something that it's not, you're not going to see the results of it for some time going forward. Yes, there are things happening. You know, you're, you're putting stuff in barrels and 10 years is not really a time span where somebody's lifetime is going to end, but when you look at some of the more long play things, something's the, at the beginning of the show, we talked about a 38 year old whiskey. How many people have careers that are 38 years in whiskey? So it's conceivable that there are things that are going to happen that you set them in motion, but you don't see the fruition, you know, you don't see it come to fruition on the other side. And, you know, hearing Slain speak about their sustainability effort for planting this forest, it was very clear that the person who was talking about it, they knew that this effort of them sort of replanting this forest and setting this in motion, that it was, you know, his grandchildren's grandchildren were going to be the ones to benefit from the forest being there, and that it was going to take that long for it to sort of take hold and, and to grow. So, you know, this paves up into another show because because fuck that, uh, you know, the quick whiskey that they make or whatever. Whiskey is a craft and it should take the time and we should pay respect to that craftsmanship. Okay. I believe he is referring to ultra aged and sonic aged and sound aged. It'll be a different episode. Probably. No, no. I'm I'm talking about the artificial stuff. Not the, not the augmented with sonic. That's just Uh, a, that's just a bump in the process. I'm talking about this bullshit process where they're, where they're hyper aging stuff. You know, I can give you, 
I can give you a, no, it isn't. I can give you a product that tastes like a 45 year old whiskey after it's been aged for 10 minutes. No, you can't. And please stop that. (laughs) Yes. No, thank you. We're going to get into that in in our next series. Fuck off everybody. All right. So we like like some people. Who? Do you like Slain? Do you like Pepto-Bismol? She like. Cool, cool, cool. And you're clearly uh, um, the fluffer for uh, for three chord, which is. <laughs> How <laughs> dare you? This, I hey. love this product. I'm, I'm drinking this product you. right now. Oh, Jesus. Always <laughs> reminds me, I need to reach out to them for some other stuff. I just got an email from HR, and we would like to apologize to Neil Giraldo and Three Chord Bourbon, Ari Sussman, the master distiller. Um, I love you guys. Uh, I, you know, if you want to come sit with me and talk to me, do a show with me, we can get uh, bomber vest and Pepto Bismol out of here and, and, you know, we can talk. Wow. Wow. Okay. You know, I feel like we should just move Mark's section of apologies to the very end of the show. You know, yeah. one of those really, really fast disclaimers like you used to see on medical ads. If I, on- if I had an apology section at the end of the show, it would be as long as the show is. It would be the with show. All, it would yes, just with be all the shit that we get into. We'll record this, and then we will just release Mark's apology, and then you'll get a vague gist of what the hell exactly. we were talking about. I episode, already apologize. Episode 10, we're sorry. I'm going to put a call to action out there. Please go buy Three Chord Bourbon, and when you buy it, please send them an email and say, I heard about this on Swig and Ramble, and I went out and bought it specifically because of that. And they'll go, who the fuck is that? They will. They will do that. Weren't we talking about something in particular? I feel like we were. The next thing on here, I, I think this says excess waste. I'm not sure what that means, but Julia, I'm going to let you tackle that one, dear. Okay. Well, whoa, dear. I'm more of a fox, but okay, whatever. Uh, excess waste from oh, the. No, you know what? That leads into something else that we're going to be talking about very soon. I shouldn't use deer because I was born and raised in the South, and that is apparently not cool. All of you listeners out there, don't call people things. Just, just don't. I'm just not going to go off a tangent. We will discuss things. this on a later date. We will. Don't say things. Julia, talk to us a little bit about excess waste of animal feed. Of animal feed. Yeah. So there is, of course, grains. And you use the grains in a mash with hot water to then eventually distill into whiskey or spirit or what have you. Well, what happens to all of that excess waste? A lot of times it is turned into animal feed. So it's not just being thrown away. It will be made into supposedly very highly nutritious pellets that are then sold to typically local farmers. So that's kind of cool, unless you're like me and you're like, well, those animals are just going to go to slaughter. So that doesn't help things very much. But hey, at least they're not just trashing the draft. But... Yeah, so what you're saying is that my rant at the beginning was meaningless because they're actually doing this and it's a whole thing. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. That well, they've been that doing this at the end of the show time. today. Yeah, and we're done. And so, yeah. fun stuff. We're gonna get back to draft in just a hot second, but I want to give a bit of a preface about something pretty cool that Diageo is doing. So, in late November of 2020. Then Diageo, who actually owns Brora, which we talked about earlier, if you're listening, announced their Spirit of Progress initiative, which focuses along with championing inclusivity and diversity and promoting positive slash moderated drinking. 
they're focusing on grain to glass sustainability. What's cool about this is they have a goal of using 100% renewable energy and achieving net zero carbon emissions across their direct operations by 2030. And about 80% of energy used in the entire distillation process is generated to heat the stills, which has typically been done by burning fossil fuels. So by converting the traditional boilers to use renewable liquid biofuel, which is often created by vegetable oil residues, stick with me here, kids, I know we're getting a little deep. Uh, they have taken uh, two of their Scottish distilleries, Royal Lochnagar and Oban, and have turned them into their first examples of 100% renewable energy run single malt distilleries. So what the fuck does draft have to do with any of this? So draft, which again is the spent grain from the distillation process, which I mentioned often made into pellets for animals, can produce energy either one, through biomass combustion by being dried and burned, or two, by being mixed with pot ale to produce methane via anaerobic digestion. And there was a game changer. Like, that is so cool. So basically, you're making whiskey, right? And instead of just tossing away the excess or turning it into pellets to feed animals, you can just use it again to then heat your stills. How cool is that? And uh, for example, hold on, Mark. And wow, we got questions. So hold on, we gotta finish this up. Uh, so back in 2014, Dewars installed a wood pellet boiler at one of their distilleries and experienced a 90% reduction in carbon emissions at that site. I'm gonna breathe now and let the boys talk. Mark, what's up? What does this have to do with Anna doing aerobics? That's sexist. Moving on, Justin, what's your question? But, uh, so wait, same question. Wait, wait a minute. So I, I so I want I want to actually kind of we're talking about some very specific things, and I want to bring this to a specific point. And for distilleries, for the consumers, what does sustainability mean? I, and I think Justin tried to kind of hit on this. He tries to hit on everything, but uh, he he hit on this at the beginning of the show with the idea that he gets frustrated at sort of the false face of sustainability. And we have talked about some very specific process-oriented things that consumers don't generally see. You know, the, the don't look behind the curtain or this is specifically the sausage factory. I, I'm curious about your opinion. What's the 30,000 foot view on this? Well, to my understanding, sustainability encompasses multiple different fields. It's giving back more than you take, and it's not just product-based. It has to do with financials and stewardship and diversity. There are a lot of different facets to sustainability, depending on who you talk to and the places that you go to read and get your information. But to me, that is rather what this is. So in other words, it's possible for companies to produce a consumable quantity of a commodity and do it in a way that doesn't harm the environment and produces results at maximum efficiency. Yes. And that, not even doesn't 
hurt the environment, but it actively gives back. Yes. Well, and I think that, that, sorry, Justin. I was gonna say that leads probably perfectly into our next topic, which is the ecosystem diversification, giving back and doing, um, doing things that are good, being good stewards of the land. Yeah, um, I definitely I just, want to talk more about the good stewardship and the, and the and what we can do and what brands can do to be more sustainable. Um, but let's let's crack on this eco- ecosystem diversification thing. It's, it's super interesting. And somebody, I just I, I want I want the audience to understand at a very high level what this means, and I want them to be able to see through the messages and discern what is true sustainability and what is marketing. I think that that's an important piece that I wanna bring to the table with the show is is people understand how to tell the difference between the two. So so to Mark's point, by the way, I just wanna say, Prose Hermitage, which is a Northern Rhone Syrah Grenache blend typically, goes fantastically with Cheetos. Fight me on that. Um, so I, real quick, I just want to touch on this ecosystem diversification and we'll kind of answer Mark's questions and I'm sure all of your questions um, a little bit later, depending on how long we talk. We may wind up in episode two. We don't know uh, for this. So, and do feel free to send us your questions as yeah. well. That is sustainability questions underscore hashtag at swig and ramble sustainability underscore we love the green life <laughs> at swigandramble.green. Uh, fuck off, Mark. So one of, the, one of the big players in William Grant and Sons, and there's a couple of others, Pernod Ricard has an amazing uh, system that they're doing where, again, stewards of the land and trying to understand that this is a long-term, it, these things have to be long-term solutions. Um, so William Grant and Sons is a huge player, and they've been working on various sustainability projects over the years. Uh, one of the most notable being their work at uh, Glenfiddich. Um, pretty popular distillery. Everyone has, has come across at least a bottle of Glenfiddich, and yes, that is how you pronounce it, um, to reduce uh, copper discharges into the local environment. Copper is, of course, an essential to making single malt whiskey, but its presence in large quantities can be harmful to the local flora and fauna. Uh, for those of you who don't know, that's plants and animals. Uh, working with Living Water Ecosystems, Glenfiddich has established a natural gravity-fed ecological treatment system, which utilizes complex ecological relationships to create a food web. And I know you guys can't see my finger quotes, but I'm doing it for them, um, which enables waste products to be transformed into plant and animal biomass. You are a professional air quoter. I will give that you that. That is, yeah, that's, I mean, I'm reading this and it sounds like fucking gibberish, but simply put, by creating an ecological system with native species of wetland plants and trees, which attract any wayward copper to their roots and woody bits, and believe it does that, it keeps the copper from getting out and further into and thereby harming the environment. So we're essentially copper capture right there. Boom, like cap and trade. You guys remember that shit from the 80s? And a lot of you are too young to remember that, but cap and trade's a whole thing. Uh, by creating this natural treatment system, Glenfiddich's residual copper presence in the distillery's fluent stands at less than 0.5 parts per million, making their biological removal efficiencies over 95% successful. That's pretty fucking cool. Removing metals, not that these are super harmful metals, but 
anything that you're introducing into the system that wasn't there, like, I don't know, copper or if you live in Detroit, lead, you know, mm -hmm. these types of things, you know, are probably aren't good. Granted, they are naturally occurring, but naturally occurring elsewhere. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to hang back and I'm going to wait for Glenn Fiddick and to send me my check. Yeah. Like, that's so exciting. I'm a, also a big Glenn Fiddick fan. Hello, Glenn Fiddick. Uh, toured their distillery when I was in Scotland, though, ways back. It was fantastic. It was just super cool to learn about everything that they do and how seriously they take their stewardship of the land. Going back, God, this is gonna be so freaking repetitive. I'm bringing up Slain Irish whiskey again. It's like I planned this out or something. Oi. Uh, Slain is also not only doing restoration to their forests, but they have this really cool thing they did with their waterways. So they did a little something called a salmon ladder. So they were restoring a mill pond to provide water for the local firefighting efforts. And historically, the salmon hadn't been able to jump the wall surrounding the pond. And as they were doing this work on the pond already, they're like, oh, hey, this is actually a problem. Salmon used to be here however many decades ago, but they haven't been here recently. We should maybe take a look at why realized they couldn't jump the wall. And so they built a series of ponds around the mill to allow the salmon to cut upstream and spawn. And now they're back. The salmon are back. How freaking cool is that? I just- It's fantastic. Love it. I love yeah. it. Loves me from salmon on a little bagel. Oh, God, no, just, no. Smoked salmon, that's, that's my them, jam right let there. Let them live. Let them live and have families. And anyway. I love animals. They are delicious. You know, I used to be that way. I used to be that way. Uh, they were very delicious and they probably still are, but I would rather see them living. But however, you know, because of the direct result of the distillery's work, this water course is now reopened and the salmon have come back every single year. That is very cool. If you want to read another cool story about slain while we're, while we're really propping them up, go read about the deal that they made with the forest fairies. Not going to spoil it for you. Go check it out because it is actually a fucking amazing story. And I love every minute of it. It's, it's awesome. Sweet. And before we get into carnivore versus vegan, I think I'm going to cut this one short. And I'm going to thank all of my ramblers and all of our ramblers and every, all the ramblers everywhere uh, for, for coming and joining us. Um, so something different that you guys really should, should be paying attention to. We don't have a Facebook page. You don't just have to go and like our page and we, you know, you can look in all of our cool stuff and we're selling you swag and shit. We have a Facebook group. Why? Because we're more of a community than just a bunch of, you know, idiots talking about, you know, things that we, we clearly know about. Because, I mean, you know, if you've heard these episodes, you clearly know that we, we know our shit. Um, so, you know, go join our Facebook group. It's Swing and Ramble. Join the group. Shoot us a line. Hey, listen to an episode. Thought I'd come and say hi. Uh, bring it on, baby. We, we'd love to hear from you. We've got all kinds of people in this group and we, we're, we're all about community building. So um, my socials at Swig and Ramble, at Bevfluence. Uh, I gave up at Wizard of Whiskey when I joined with these lunatics. Uh, yeah, we're Mark, bad yeah. Mark is at Resonant Pros, I believe. That's right. Uh, and Julia is so many that I can't even remember, but I believe it's at the Wee Tipple. Um, yeah, I get around. It's it's fine. The wee tipple. Yeah, let's do perfect. that. Fun. So yeah, definitely follow us on all of the ads and all of the socials and all of the places. Um, if you're 
if you're listening on your phone, that's okay. Tim Cook knows knows where to find you, and he'll he'll uh, he'll automatically you know subscribe you to to Swig and Ramble. He was lis- listening earlier because exactly my, my phone went off. So, yeah. and remember, Ramblers, uh, join us next time when we discuss those assholes who only want Hennessy. So wait, we're ending this episode? Shouldn't oh. we have so much more to talk about? Should we? I think we should do another episode on this. Yeah, do you? I could be game. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Follow us at Swig and Ramble on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter for more fermented fuckery. Cheers!